1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. t Beth Ann, thank you so much for joining us this morning to explain what's going on and who really pays during this shuffle of chairs. You know, it's kind of a, a game of of chairs here and who loses out. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Dawn. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, this is something that affects, and as I've been saying, you know, I've I've heard from relatives, friends, neighbors who are talking about this, some in Montgomery County or Bucks County, and especially Chester County, uh, where you reside. Take me through it. What what does this mean when we look at the budget of the governor, Josh Shapiro, and where the money
0: goes and who loses out in, in the latest with this? Absolutely. I'm happy to talk about that. So I noticed that Josh Shapiro in his proposed budget wanted to extend the free breakfast for all students across the Commonwealth. This was an initiative that was started under Governor Wolf during the pandemic to basically provide free food to everybody given the set of circumstances that were happening with all of the closures and people being out of work. And maybe you could argue that, you know, during that time, that might have been an appropriate policy. But today, Shapiro wants to extend that program permanently. And that's what he's touting is that he wants to make this entitlement permanent that every school-age child we'll have free breakfast you know at every school that participates in the free and reduced lunch program and and most districts across the state and even some private schools also participate in this program and this program was originally designed as i talk about in the article by the federal government to make sure that children whose families are below the poverty line have access to food at school because obviously we know that good nutrition is very important for learning. And if kids don't have a proper breakfast or a proper lunch, then they're not going to be in a position physically to be able to learn as well as if they were fed properly. So nobody's arguing with that, but that's good science, it all makes sense. The problem here is that he's asking for $38.5 million of, Pennsylvania tax dollars to be used to give free breakfast to every single student, and I don't understand the logic or the rationale behind that. I don't need my children to have free breakfast. I can afford to give them breakfast, and it is my job as their parent to provide them with their breakfast every single day, and for other people, other taxpayers, to have to pay for my children. To have a free breakfast is not only unfair, it's absolutely irresponsible. So we have people who are barely above the poverty line paying their taxes and they're paying for free breakfast for people who make over six figures. And it, it just, it just absolutely makes no sense. And especially given the recent court decision, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has declared that the funding system for education in our state is unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And so our legislature has to come up with a new formula, a new mechanism to ensure that funding is fair across the Commonwealth. And so $38.5 million could sure be used to help to make sure that every child has access to a free and appropriate education.
1: And so that's just it. Can you opt in or opt out? That's the way it should be, right, for a free breakfast. Some kids, some parents well, may say, no, I, I want to opt out.
0: Well, so what's interesting is, is that you, you don't have to get the breakfast. So my kids go to school, they don't, they don't get the free breakfast. They eat breakfast at home. So they don't have to take it at school. Um, but if a child wants to go and pay for their breakfast, they cannot do that. They, 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 they get it automatically for free. Um, and so again, it's really this issue of why are we paying for breakfast for kids whose parents don't need that, that funding? They don't need those services. Save that for the kids who do. And what's really interesting is that since my article came out, and I, I happen to mention Town and Upper Darby School mm-hmm. Districts because I'm in touch with parents from those districts. And let, let's be clear. I mean, I have my issues with Westchester area school district and with our board and decisions that are made. Mm -hmm. However, we are certainly in a better situation than what Norristown and Upper Darby are dealing with on a daily basis. And I recognize that, but I happen to mention them and parents from both of those school districts called me on Friday to tell me that they don't even have hot breakfast at those schools. So the governor is touting this program, breakfast for everybody, but at the poor districts, those kids don't even get hot breakfast. They get like a grab-and-go bagel or um, a granola bar, Pop-Tarts. A parent from Upper Darby sent me the menu, and literally Pop-Tarts are on the menu one day. So these poor kids, the kids who actually need the free breakfast the most because Norristown and Upper Darby have higher percentages of low-income families, those kids who actually need the breakfast aren't even getting a healthy hot meal every single day. And so why not use this money to make sure that those kids could actually get a hot breakfast rather than giving kids in my district and other more wealthy and affluent districts free breakfast for every kid that walks into the cafeteria
1: yeah and so ultimately it it just shows that it just seems like this broad brush that it sounds good it sounds good for a media headline i guess but it's not when you look at it district by district it's not actually helping those kids who are in most need is that
0: correct Absolutely. I mean, Shapiro was in the news last week. I think it was on Thursday. He was serving breakfast at one of the Montgomery County school districts and touting this wonderful program. And you're right. It's hard to say it's not a good idea to give breakfast to every kid. But when you look at what's happening, it is actually taking away resources for the most needy. And one of the reasons that this caught my eye, and I included it in my article at broadandliberty.com, I had a screenshot from a social media post back during school closures back in 2020. And it was a mom local here in Westchester who posted a picture of the orange juice that was included in the free meal. Because during the pandemic, when schools were closed, the schools offered that you could come over and pick up free breakfast and lunch, regardless of income, regardless of need. This was just an open program. And so this mom posts this picture of the juice, basically saying that her kids didn't like the juice, so she's making sangria with it. Stay tuned for more recipes. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I, I, I was appalled by this. Mm-hmm. And listen, I like sangria. I drink wine. Like <laughs> That's not what any of this is. That's not what this yeah. is about. And I'm sure that the mom thought it was funny. She thought it was cute. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's post this. But it really stuck with me that we have real people in need who yeah. are suffering. And here's this very comfortable middle class mom posting this picture. You know, yeah. I joke, it's like socialist sangria. You're going to take the government handouts and, you know, use it when you don't really need it. And that's the part that bothers me with all of this. I wanna make sure that every child who needs services, who needs meals, that they get them. And we do not have unlimited resources in our commonwealth. So uh, unless we continue to raise taxes at exponential rates, there has to be a stopping point. And I would much rather see this $38 million go towards making sure that the kids who need it have hot breakfast or the kids, we, we reallocate money in terms of the funding system, to make sure that kids in Philadelphia and Upper Darby and Norristown are safe and have access to good schools. So that is really what this is about. If we had unlimited resources, sure, free for everybody, who cares? But we don't have unlimited resources because these are taxpayer dollars, and and there has to be some responsibility.
1: Yeah, and we're talking to uh, Beth and Rosica about this, your latest article, Free for All Means Reduced Resources, for the most disadvantaged, I'll point out to you during the pandemic, I had relatives in Chester County saying that the kids were coming home with this food that none of them wanted, and they were just trying to donate it to their church or the community. To your point, it just seems like there should be an opt-out because people want the food to go, you know, to the right place to those most in need. I've also been told by relatives, especially in Montgomery County, that special needs kids are going to be limited they can, they only can go through 11th grade that for those um kids with maybe severe some learning disabilities or physical disabilities they've been told in some of the schools at least that I know of personally that they're only going to offer services to kids through 11th grade not 12th grade and so that's concerning and i would love to see some of this money go toward you know those kids and their families as well I wanted to ask you about the American Federation of Teachers President, Randy Weingarten. This latest word as her social media accounts through, um, through you know, freedom of information requests were shown that, in fact, she was directly voicing concerns to the CDC, to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, to the director there, Rochelle Walensky, about the language of the federal agency's school reopening guidance and that was a day before it was made public. And so these are some newly reported texts uh, that shed light on their very cozy relationship. Have you seen that and do you have reaction to that? Are you surprised?
0: I am not surprised in the least. I have been talking about Randy Weingarten. I've been talking about the National Teachers Unions. I've been talking about the Pennsylvania State Education Association, which is the you know, branch here in Pennsylvania. All of these teacher union bosses have been in cahoots with one another, with the federal government, and they worked tirelessly to keep schools closed. And we have known that for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And the information that continues to come out just continues to support what they have done. And and I have a very personal story here in Pennsylvania to share with that because I had been working very hard in Chester County and coordinating with parents in Delaware County to reopen schools. And the health director of the Chester County Health Department was the person that, you know, everybody pointed to that she was the one, you know, for that was keeping our schools closed. And so I did a, a letter and I had parents from all of the almost 30 school districts in Chester and Delaware County that fell under this health department. We set, I sent a letter signed by all these parents to the county commissioners basically demanding that they reopen schools and get the Chester County Health Department out of this decision-making process. I emailed that letter at 7.30 in the morning, and by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Rich Askey, the president of the Pennsylvania State Education Association, had sent a letter back to the commissioners imploring them not to reopen schools because it wasn't safe for their teachers. So they, they have been working this angle they, they were completely responsible, 100 percent responsible for these school closures. And now we're finally getting the evidence to show how insidious their agenda was, how they did not care about kids. Mm-hmm. They do not care about teachers. And I say this all the time, Dawn, because people sometimes accuse me of not supporting teachers. And it's quite the contrary. Mm-hmm. I 100 percent support are hardworking teachers. I do not support the union bosses that are spending their union dues and ultimately our tax dollars on things that are not important to our teachers. The teacher, the, these national teachers unions supported the defund the police movement. Uh, the majority of teachers I know are not in favor of that. And that is just the tip of the iceberg about what the NEA and the AFT are about. They are political organizations and their agenda has nothing to do with teaching and learning for children
1: yeah amen to that just look at the money that biden has essentially i look at it as a money laundering operation you know the biden administration gives to the so-called you know the teachers union but the teachers say well where's that money it didn't go to us it didn't all go to the schools so where's it going right and then you look at the donations.
0: now, and, to, and speaking of donations, this is a really important point at this point in, of the year. In Pennsylvania, we have school board elections in November, and I encourage every voter to look and see which school board director candidates are taking money from PACE, P-A-C-E, which is the, um, the political action committee for the Pennsylvania State Education Association. So PACE is basically the union backing for school board people. So any any candidate that takes money from the teachers' union, I would encourage everybody, one of your listeners, you better not vote for those people because they are not going to represent your interest, your children's interests, the teacher's interest. They're going to promote their own agenda, which, again, has nothing to do with academic outcomes for children.
1: Yeah, amen. I'll, I'll do a deep dive into those exact texts. Uh, it's quite revealing between Weingarten and... And uh, Rachel Walensky, CDC, you know, saying, Do you have time for a chat? There's a new leak. I mean, they were like BFFs doing strategy. Yeah. It makes, my, makes me sick to my stomach. And of course, Beth Ann Rosica is somebody who you live in Westchester. You have a PhD in education. You've dedicated your life really to, to educating kids, but especially to serving those kids that might be the most in need. If you look at over the past, you know, now we're post-pandemic obviously, just give me just give me a general thought as to where you are as you look to the past, what you personally have learned, your takeaway, and now your new your maybe new fight as you move forward.
0: Well, it has been a tumultuous 3 years <laughs> and certainly if somebody had told me 4 years ago that I would be living the life that I'm living now, I would have laughed and said, you're out of your mind. Um, I have shared on your show previously, Mm -hmm. I had been a liberal Democrat for 34 years and COVID really opened my eyes to the fact that My party had been hijacked, um, and and the reason that I had joined the party was no longer applicable because they were not supporting those people who were most in need. Um, And and I, I, it has been such an eye opening and really depressing experience for me. Um, But the good news is is that you know I have found a path forward to be able to continue to advocate. You know, for children, um, I get to write at broad and liberty. I get to raise awareness. I have so many wonderful people that reach out to me on a regular basis, thanking me for the work that I do, thanking to opening their eyes to what's happening. Um, and I continue to fight. I mean, here in Westchester. I have a political action committee with a couple of other parents back to basics. Westchester, we're running five school board candidates. We're trying to, you know, get some good people on our eight one board, uh, eight Democrats, one Republican board to get balance. Um, So that's really what my mission is now is to try to really focus on balanced boards. I'm not saying that we need all Republican school boards, because quite frankly, I don't think that's what's best for kids either. Mm-hmm. We need balance. We need diversity of thought. We need different perspectives. That's what makes our community stronger. And quite frankly, that's what's representative of our community. We don't have a monolithic viewpoint on any of these issues. We just need diversity of thought. And we don't have that in many of our districts throughout the region. There, many of these boards are 8-1 or nine-zero, and I really wanna help educate people on why it is that we need balance in school boards, because that's what's going to result in better academics mm-hmm. I mean, our, our kids are suffering. They're behind academically. Yeah. You know, you can argue whether you like test scores or you don't like test scores, but it's the only way we have to measure. And there are districts that are doing better making up for the pandemic loss than others. My district, Westchester, is not doing well at making up for the pandemic losses. And, and we have a lot of, of low income. We have a, a large Latino community, and these kids need to get caught up, and they need to get caught up now because the future is not very bright if if they're not able to do that.
1: Well, Beth Ann, you certainly are helping. Hopefully, helping all these kids, and I, I think that um, Pennsylvania certainly you're you're a great natural resource, if I could say that for the, for Pennsylvania and beyond. As people hear what you're saying, because I've got to tell you, Beth Ann, I know so many women, especially who are advocates either for environment or education and it's it's not necessarily about partisan politics they're they're sort of defined by what they've been fighting for and that's what i see here that it's not about partisan politics at all it's just following your heart and following you know what what you are pushing for and advocating for and i'm i'm seeing this especially with the issues of environment as well as education so i don't you know, I don't know if you've seen that in your life, but I would say it's less about li- no, I, liberal or conservative politics. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Uh, no, absolutely. And, and honestly, the political action committee that I have here in Westchester, it is nonpartisan. I don't care what political party people come from. What I care about is that they want to do the right things for kids. Most of, most of the people that I know are moderates. You know, we have 10, 15, 20 percent kind of extremists on both sides. But most people, particularly parents, are moderate. They just want normal, moderate policies for our kids. And that's what I'm all about. I don't care about political party. I just want to do the right thing for our kids. And I really wish we could put partisan politics aside and come together and do the right things for our kids. But sadly, we haven't been able to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, doing the right thing. Ann Rosica, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks, Beth Ann. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Have a blessed Monday.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.